Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Roberto Perez, who is Director of Hispanic Marketing for Comcast Cable. Today we will discuss his company's Hispanic market strategies. Roberto is responsible for developing and executing marketing initiatives aimed at attracting and retaining Hispanic customers by maximizing internal sales channels and partner relationships to create complete end-to-end products and programming that resonate with and better serve this audience. He also oversees Comcast's on-demand platform in Español and provides marketing strategy for XfinityTV.com Latino TV, the company's Spanish-language online entertainment portal. Prior to joining Comcast in 2010, Roberto served as manager for multicultural strategy for Cox Communications, and before that, he was project manager for the Mexican-American Business Chamber in Atlanta. Roberto, welcome. Thank you, Lenny. It's a pleasure to be with you and with the, with you, with the, the Hispanic uh, you know, public relations. How do you get your programs started when you're looking at such a large audience when when you're looking at the national level Roberto you're looking at a very diverse Hispanic audience in excess of potentially 50 million people or so most people would want to reach all of that market how do you go about identifying which parts of that big market you're going to target specifically well um Let's think about that question a little bit uh, deep. You know, the way that we approach the market, this is this is a company strategy overall. We're not looking at specific segments or specific areas. You know, the company uh, has realized, um, you know, as, as Census has proven, we start this process way back five years ago. We start realizing, okay, what are we doing to target our Hispanic segment? The growth that we start seeing five years ago have been coming from the multicultural techniques uh, groups. So the company itself has decided to embark in a overall strategy in targeting the, in better targeting this this Hispanic market in a better way. And what it means is not only about a program, a specific program that have to be with a specific uh, starting day and end date. It it is a new way of doing business. You know that involves not only marketing but involves customer service, involve involves a. Um, uh, installation involves uh, billing, involves credits and collections. So it's a, it's a whole overall initiative that has um, the main goal is embarking how do we make business with a segment that we haven't been good at and how do we take, how do we bring that message of providing the goods, uh, the, the, you know, providing the best service and quality to our customer, current customers. So that's how we I will rephrase your question. And the way we look at we 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 consider three main things. You know, first we look at how do we what are the programming, especially on the cable side, on the on the video offering, what are the things that make sense for us to carry? Are is our programming good enough for our target by uh, target audience? So what that brings us is to take a look, okay, let's look at the current customer base. What's the opportunity? As you know, we are a cable company and we have um, uh, coverage, limited coverage. 
as uh, maybe you think as an, on other providers such as DBS. DBS, pretty much they have the same programming all across the U.S. footprint. We instead, we have markets such as, for example, we have what we call the Northeast, the Central, and the West markets. And each one of them has its own marketing regions. And some of the regions, for example, in, uh, in the Central area includes um, uh, Florida and the East Coast. And as you know, that's a very heavily Hispanic market. So we look at the opportunity and we evaluate, okay, what is, a, what is, what, what is our target audience there? Are, are we looking at, and then we look, okay, what are the, is this programming making sense for this particular audience? And then as you know, we need to take into consideration the difference between the demo profile. For example, there is a big Cuban population in Miami, there is a big Mexican population in the West. So we need to evaluate and balance out the programming options. Will that answer your question? Definitely, it helps us understand how you address the very large and diverse market that is the United States. And if I'm hearing correctly, what you look at is you subdivide it initially by regions. Did I understand that correctly? Correct, correct. We have actually the divisions. We have three main divisions. We what we call the Northeast Division, and then the Central Division, and then the West Division. So they, each one of these divisions have its own market and, uh, and demo profiles, let's put it that way, and the opportunity, what opportunity represents. Just to give you an example for Central Division has a Chicago market, what we call Coastal, Mid-South, Heartland, Florida, East Coast, and Atlanta. And that rep- represents around 40% of the opportunity. Would you tell us about the other two, the Northeast and the Western Sure, the Norris will include uh, Freedom, what we call Freedom, Freedom Boston, Beltway, Keystone, and Western New England. In the West, we know the California, includes uh, California, Sacramento, Modesto, Santa Barbara, Seattle, Mile High, Portland, Houston, the Twin Cities, and what we call the Mountain Region. And how would you describe the market characteristics of those? of each of those because if I hear you each one has a profile that's unique correct and it's interesting because uh, it's uh, it's a complex market it's unique in, in its own language yes uh, all the markets speak Spanish but uh, when you look at viewing and viewership habits especially for our cable product it's a it's, it's very different especially when when you targeting your product in a in a Caribbean Cuba um, you know demo, it's totally different the perception, it's totally different the approach that you follow on the West. So the way that we are the way that we approach the market is try to generalize in uh, what makes sense, you know, unique exclusive content, access to exclusive uh, uh, special coverage, and also providing unique uh, access to added value. You know, for example, via video on demand, and we highlight both. You know, we try to, as much as uh, advertising allows us, I try to highlight what makes sense for us to, you know, what what's the what's the most potential to advertise, such as, for example, Cuban programming or Caribbean style, and at the same time, Mexican oriented. Would you say, for example, that the profile of one of these is younger versus the other? Or, as you were just saying, that there's a Caribbean slash Cuban compared to other regions. Would you paint a picture for us of each one of the regions by their demographic profile? 
Well, overall, as the census has shown, in the last 10 years, we've seen an increase of what we call the U.S. Hispanic war in comparison to the natural immigration that we haven't seen in the past. You know, we have uh, today, we have uh, more than 7 million, what we call more uh, U.S. Hispanics. In comparison, there has been only 4 million immigration in the last 10 years, uh, what we consider Hispanic immigrated to the U.S. So yes, there is a younger demo profile out there. There is a younger demo that still consumes some type of Hispanic, Hispanic media. But there are also what we're trying to engage ourselves with. How do we advertise our products to Hispanics, but in what we call the in the general market, which we're we're leaning towards what we call a total market approach. Because as you know, the total market it's a pretty much a, it, it's a, it's a new it's a new term that we're trying to think, uh, you know engage with, so we can get the buying on the general market that never had had the opportunity to advertise Hispanic products in the past. How would you describe that a total market, I think is the word that you used. Is that the same as the mainstream market? Uh, it will be, yes, it will be considered like the mainstream market. As you know, today, the society is composed of 60% Hispanic, of course, but also there are some Asian, African American, and even what we call the regular Anglo. But before, companies before were dividing themselves internally like a general market and the rest of uh, what we don't consider the general market, which is the other ethnicities. So what we're looking at is now how do we engage as a company in a total, in a, you know, in targeting the market, the U.S. market. So when you now, say... the challenge... I'm sorry, go the ahead. The challenge here, yeah, the challenge here again is try to engage, you know, especially leaders that have been targeting U.S. product into the regular U.S. market. The idea here is how do we target a Hispanic product into an English-speaking market? And how do you do that? We're doing that right now. We're working with the general market. We're working with the advertising team. We're working with the product development team. How do we commit? How do to better meet the market demands. Uh, as the generation grows, as the younger generation start adopting to new technologies, they're still keeping connected with their Hispanic uh, you know, traditions. So we are, we are engaging in, in, in keeping that traditions live in the messaging and merging in our messaging copy points into the general market tactics. What type of outreach tools do you use in reaching out to the, this total market, Roberto? Do you focus specifically just on your own television or are you reaching out using other media as well, say, for example, online and mobile technologies? No, right now has it has been only on the on on mass media the tactics so far. So as far as online, uh, we're still analyzing what's the best approach because, where as you know, there have been so many companies that have failed in communicating and and and, and testing. So we're still working on how to better serve this uh, audience in a better way. What now, would you that's on the content side. Now, as a company as well, we we look at uh, what type of uh, relationships we have with the with the community. And in the past, the company hasn't been as engaged as it is today. As you know, we have uh, some partners as a company. We are now working together with Telemundo, Mundo, so because they're part of the NBC family. 
and we're engaging in, in you know in plans that are helping us to better understand how the current targets are using our technologies pretty much. And then the third point that we look as a as a company, it's a, how well is our current customer engaging with our products and services? How well are they using the service? Are the customers, do the customers know what type of service we provide? Or do they know that our high-speed internet service provides the, 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 the security tools that they need at no additional cost to, to them? So those are the three main goals that we, that has been driving our focus the last two years here in the company. Roberto, let's talk a little bit about that audience first, and then perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about those three prongs that you just mentioned. Uh-huh. In terms of your reach as a company right now, what would you say is the number or the percent of the U.S. Hispanic market that you are reaching at this moment? Uh, when you say reaching, you mean, uh, are you talking, are you referring, I mean, I, I, I'm targeting my, my, my Spanish marketing, each one of the divisions that we just uh, discussed. So the way that I do that, I partner with, uh, I mean, we do, uh, we invest heavily in, in mass media, and also we we set up a partnership and alliances at the local level with the stations, and that makes sense to, to do alliances with. And also we're, where there is an ongoing, especially targeting the high Hispanic density areas, such as uh, Chicago, Sacramento, California, and Santa Barbara, Houston, and Miami. So as far as today, we can tell you, yes, uh, the, I mean, our reach is around 80% of the footprint, on our footprint, and we still need to do a little bit of work in what we call the coastal and emerging markets, such as uh, Tennessee and the coastal area, Washington, south of Washington, D.C., where where there's buckets of Hispanics that are are taking our service, but that we haven't we haven't launched the new set of uh, video offering that it's uh, available in other markets. When you say footprint, would would you explain to us? In other words, if we're looking at the overall U.S. Hispanic market, and within that we're breaking it down into. English dominant, bilingual, and Spanish dominant. I'm assuming that you're targeting the Spanish dominant and the bilingual with your programming, right? Correct. Uh, that's part on the on the video side. Yes. What number of people or households would you say that you're reaching today with your Spanish language programming? It's about considering the what we call the bilingual and Spanish preferred is around the seventy between seventy and seventy five percent. So what you call the English preferred is about thirty percent of our footprint. So you're reaching between seventy to seventy five percent of the bilingual and Spanish dominant US Hispanic market with your programming today? No. I'm reaching more than eighty percent of what the so they around the 70, 75% of our footprint, it's what we call bilingual Spanish prefer. Of that, of that 50 million, if you... No, if, uh, remember, we're, we, don't, we don't have coverage in the 50 million Hispanics. We have divisions, we have markets where, you know, this, we are a cable company, so we have limited coverage. 
So we have uh, in the divisions where we have services, we have the three, say the three segmentation that you just mentioned. You know, uh, even you know we, we look at different approach, but we look at Spanish prefer, bilinguals, and then English prefer. Out of the footprint that we have, we are covering around 85% of the Hispanics, what we call Hispanics in those three main buckets, okay? Out of those 80%, what we have analyzed based on our number, uh, on our number only 70% of those 80, 80% that we're covering are taking a bilingual and Spanish preferred product. I see. So th this is part of an overall programming choice, and 70% of the 80% are selecting bilingual and Spanish Correct. programming. Correct. Yes. That still seems like a very large reach. Is that right? It is. It is. It's a, it's a large reach. And uh, as you know, there are numbers from Geoscape around uh, we support or you will look at the household level, remember, also as well. It's different than population. In a household, there are two or three or four members of a family. So as a cable company, we need to go, we need to talk about households. It's not about population. The sense would provide us a trend and a, an idea where how the how the market's trending and where is it going. But uh, also, you need to take a look at their families conformed by different ethnicities. For example, I could give my family. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm I'm from a different Hispanic country than my wife is, and we have kids that were born and raised here in the U.S. So we need to be cautious and sensitive around those differences. In terms of the the reach of your programming and your plans as you move forward, how do those changes, you were talking earlier about how part of the market is U.S.-born and part of the market is foreign-born immigrants. How does that affect your programming and your, and your reach and your, your marketing strategies? Well, uh, um, as far as the programming concern, uh, we still continue evaluating the content that is out there. As you know, there are good good content uh, in, in from Hispanic countries that they haven't been able to effectively market themselves in the U.S. So they need to. We we'll continue looking for that type of content. What makes uh, what what makes us unique uh, first in the marketplace, and secondly, does it make sense for our current customers? Now, when we talk about the bicultural U.S. Hispanics, we look um, at the Nielsen rating uh, most watched program by Hispanics. And we'll look at the you know major stations in the in the U.S. such as ABC, NBC, Fox, all these stations. They have programs that are Hispanics follow, and they and we try to engage with them, especially in this in this program. For example, NBC has a, a show called The Voice last season and during the summer, and amazingly during the last uh, the last finalists of the the four the, out of the four finalists of The Voice, half of them were U.S. Hispanics. So that's you know we look at this specifically this is this type of shows this type of engagement with this particular young audience and try to still use our uh, our messaging and copy points towards our video offering. Let's go back to the the three legs I'm going to call them that you were telling us about earlier the community your partners and your customers would you tell us about some of your efforts there sure Paul as um, well as we, we talk about counting already as far as serving better the, the Hispanic community on the national level the company has um, 
has what we call put together the diversity council. The diversity council it is it's it's, it's a it's, it's a group of uh, experts in Hispanic in the Hispanic market. So the, what the company did uh, they uh, we look at okay what are the key major Hispanic organizations in the market such as the uh, Consejo Nacional de la Raza, uh, the Hispanic Scholarship Fund. Uh, the Hispanic Federation, so organizations like that, and try to convince the leadership in that we as a company, that we're not a company about selling products and services, but we also we have a commitment as a company to increase the the level of uh, of uh, knowledge in our customer base. You know, for example, our idea: how do we engage our Hispanic customers in adopting new technologies? How do we help them to make their life easier in the U.S. by getting to the internet earlier, you know, by understanding technology makes sense. So we, we partner with these organizations to better address the issues that we have as a company and to better to craft our messaging and to help us in reaching out the audience that we haven't done a good job in the last 10 years. So now there are some of these efforts also involve uh, local involvement, such as, for example, the there's a, a, a local organizations uh, like a national hair, uh, not the national, for example, the Chicago Health Fair, or there are groups such as Chicago Fire, for example, that they have a specific outreach efforts in the Hispanic market, and we partner with them and try to engage with them, and we come together as a team where we first bring our message of a company that provides learning and increase the level of technology at a household level and partner with them on the on the fact that we are here to stay and we are we are proven to be not only a service provider but also a company that they can rely on. Would you tell us about the Internet Essentials program? Sure. One of these initiatives actually that came up, uh, you know, during this uh, uh, setup of this um, Hispanic uh, Diversity Council, although what we call actually it's not Hispanic, but we call it a Diversity Council at uh, Comcast, was um, how do we help the communities to adopt uh, the broadband? So we set up a test. You know, it was it, it was initially a test. It was uh, very ambitious, but uh, we got great response, not only from um, from the local organizations, but also as a national level. So what we did was we sent a proposal to the to the Federal Communications, and uh, and uh, you know we partner, which pretty much is an idea that we we're partnering with them with the National School Lunch Program and with the school district. And the, basically, the idea is to how do we engage the the low, uh, uh, how do we engage uh, low-income families into adopt technology? And secondly, how do you make that technology affordable and help them to over overcome the barrier of using it? And uh, so that's how the Internet Essentials came about. So basically, we're providing internet service for 9.95, and it's a program that is tied to the national school lunch program. So every kid, every kid that qualifies for the national school uh, national school lunch program qualifies for internet essentials. Now, what it means is they need to sign up. It's not that we are offering. I mean, we're offering to the national school lunch program the program. They still need to follow their regular compliance. 
to be considered you know, under the regulation, what they call the National School Launch Program. Once they are qualified for the National School Launch Program, they should be able to, to subscribe for Internet Essentials. And uh, not only that we provide the service, we also provide access to a low-cost computer with basic uh, navigation and writing uh, uh, opportunities for them to, to, to try for $149.99. Plus, uh, in addition to that, we also provide them uh, training online and on-site in Spanish. So think about a low-income family or, or what we call, you know, families that have been under the poverty line that haven't been able to understand the, the Internet, you know, but having to have kids that are part of the, you know, regular part of the of the, of the, of the, of the the kids are, you know, are part of the school system in the U.S., but they haven't been able to understand how the technology works. How they haven't been able to get a computer. They, they, as you know, Hispanics, uh, they're still adopting this technology. They're still adopting computers in their household. They're still going to the public libraries to access the internet. Uh, I think there's a, there's some statistics that say there's more social Hispanic accessing the social sites than the computers that they have at the house level. So. They are engaging in this technology, but they don't have the access to the technology at their household level. So we are helping them to engage in the technology and break those barriers that they have seen for years and provide them access to computer, access to the Internet, and then training at no cost. Are you seeing any impact from these new laws Specifically, I'm thinking of uh, Alabama and Arizona, of course, that have been in the news lately. And Alabama had instituted, I think it was negated by the courts, but initially the law had an impact on students that were not they did not have their legal documents. Have you seen any kind of an impact on this particular program or on, on any of your services as a result of those policies? No, we haven't seen any big impact. I, we understand that those are things that we need to be facing sometime, but uh, honestly, uh, I mean, the regulation that is happening in Arizona, it's very limited to the state of Arizona where we don't have that much of a footprint or of a presence there. And the same happened with Alabama. If, if the case were, I mean, if the same issue were happening maybe in, he, in California, in Houston, in Chicago, the story would be different. But, uh, but we don't see a big of an impact, especially in this party market. Let's go back to the technology discussion. I've heard from other experts that the Latino population in general over-indexes in their use of technology. And I realize this, right now you were just talking specifically about low-income users, but do you see any evidence of that over-indexing on the Latino market side? Well, that uh, that goes to what we define as Latino, right? Uh, what we call Latino are either Spanish prefer, Hispanic dominant, or English prefer, English dominant. Well, they call U.S. Hispanic. Now, when w the things that we have uh, seen uh, as far as this Latino over index is in the use of the cell phone. Now, the cell phone is being used to access the internet, to access social sites and even to texting overseas and even to place international calls. So they use a cell phone. That's 
If you want to define technology adoption as a way to use cell phone usage, yes, the Hispanics are interested in cell phone usage, hence in the use of technology that the cell phone provides. As far as having a computer in the house and accessing the internet, that's where we see the growth is coming from, especially and the adoption of technology needs to happen. Because you know, these are low-income families, they, don't, they maybe learn how to press a button on the cell phone and they'll be online and that's it. You know, and they, they, they should be able to get a, a, and, and learn how to tap information. However, they, when, when that information transfers to the household level, they don't, they, there's still some opportunity there to provide the learning of teaching them how to use the internet, teaching them about the computer, teaching them the things that they can do with the computer, how to find a job on the computer. But what are the opportunities that the state offers to them to work? You know, one of the big issues that we have today is unemployment. Unemployment rates high among Hispanics. So are there any ways that they can do online that they, we help them, we help the family to to find a job, you know, for, we help the head of the head of the household to find a job, provides the learning that they need, go to online courses that they don't usually find in a, in a cell phone. So that's what we mean by low uh, technology adoption in low in in, in, in low income families. Was there anything else in terms of the, those three legs of the stool that we talked about that you still wanted to mention? Yeah, as a company, we also look, at, and that goes in back to what you call the Junker demo. Junker demo is more engaged online than the, what we call the Hispanic prefer. And what we as a company have been looking, working together, and how do we make our video experience more, more, more interesting online? How do we engage? How do we provide more exclusive content? And how do we build that loyalty and pride of our service in this in this particular demo? So what we do is uh, we try, well, we have engaged our content providers, Hispanic content providers, in providing us content in all what we call platforms. So in any way, anywhere our customers can have access to. Okay, we have uh, these stronger demos accessing online, mostly the whole, mostly during the day, and they they should be able to find the video that they are looking at regularly in TV, but online. So what we have asked our content, finding content providers is, please help us in getting, getting your content and be part of our uh, online offering. So what we have in Mark is what we call XfinityTV.com, which is um, around the concept of providing the best and exclusive access of their favorite programming now online. So we as a company are embarking and continue expanding that online opportunity. Recently we did a, a partnership with uh, LARAS, which is a Latin uh, Artist Recording Academy. And they are the ones that put together the, the Grammys, the Latin Grammys. And we we engage with them, we call, you know, in a, in a way to the provide a they provided us access so we can do live streaming. Music is a, it's a one of the genres that we see as a compelling content for any generation, any Hispanic generation, no matter if it's a, 
Spanish prefer, English prefer, but music is one of those genres that's been seen overall across the board in any any segment in the market. So we partnered with them, especially you know, and, and, and giving us exclusive exclusivity and providing this particular access to our subscribers. For example, they gave us the access to the what they call the green carpet and the red carpet of the person of the year, where we we were able to capture and provide live streaming online to our customers. So we're always looking into ways to engage this customer and building not only the, the, the loyalty, but also the value of having our services. Now that sounds very exciting. Tell us a little bit more, if you would, Roberto, mm-hmm. about Xfinity and Xfinity Latino. What is Xfinity? I know that's a general market as well as a Latino market product, right? Correct. Yes, correct. Xfinity, it's the new brand of our products and services. As um, as a company, last year we start <clears throat> we start sorry we start claiming the bandwidth uh, that we have uh, in the in the in the you know in our in our pipeline by pretty much uh, converting all the analog feeds into digital. That gives us an opportunity to provide more room for extra content online. So the Xfinity brand was born by providing not only a better way, a better access, more quality to our video product, but also the opportunity to have more for the same price. So what we did, we have better internet speeds, more content online, better phone service, plus uh, content now in a digital way. So that's how the overall Xfinity brand was launched. Now, the same token, the Xfinity TV, was it, it's a sub-segment of the Xfinity brand, which provides the opportunity now to have access to the what we see in beauty now online and provide access to all uh, to all the content that we have, but are now in an online way, so customers can access, depending on the on the of the subscription that they have, access to premium content and even regular content. Even only that, they can extend that they access to also to include programming options. For example, customers can set up the programming devices online. For example, from my from my desk now, I can set up a recording from my DVR that is located in another, for example, where I live in, in California, and I'm here on the east doing business. So those are the type of uh, values that we bring to our customers at no additional cost with the Xfinity TV. Now, just to make sure that I understand, because I'm sure there are others out there who are very curious, did you say that your subscribers can access the television programming online depending on the service that they're purchasing? Is that right? They can get their television programming either online or on television they can they can access what they have uh, online uh, they can what they have today in beauty online in other words what they have uh, based on the subscription model that they have today they should be able to access some of the programming some of these companies some of the broadcasters for example provide us uh, online feeds so we so, so we, we allow the, our customers to have access to those. On the other side, there are programmers that only give us access online to what they have, what they offer in video on demand. 
So as you know, we as a company, we provide video on demand service, which is a unique platform that you can go and access every program on your on your time, on your on your on your on your request. For example, you can go to the VOD platform, which is an added value to our service that gives you access to seventy five more than seventy five thousand choices on demand. Those particular assets are available online as well. Would you give us an example of a program that you might be able to access in one of those ways? For example, the boys that I just mentioned for the younger demo you know, for NBC. That was a particular program that they gave us online, uh, that gave us for beauty and as well online. And it was a broadcast. So that your subscribers could have seen it as a broadcast program or online and potentially for some of the other programs that you have available, it might even Correct. be on demand. Correct. Now, the, the issue here is the rights. You know, as you know, some of these content providers, they have rights that they need to overcome and extend. Now, we as a company, this is a new technology and this is a new requirement pretty much for us to do business with. It's uh, we're offering for more reach, you know, but some of these legal documents are in place or have been able to capture all the this access opportunity. So we need to do amendments and, and their response team positive so far. And not only that we have today we have more and more content providers in, engaging in the, what we call the cross platforms with Comcast. And now if we look at Xfinity on the Latino end, mm-hmm. how is that different from Xfinity in general, yeah. or is it? Sure. The only difference that we're facing with Xfinity TV Latino, it's, um, it's a, it's in, it relates to the technology. Some of these content providers, they are, they are not up to speed in technology. For example, there are Hispanic content providers that haven't been able to update their technology, and it's taking them too long to get the content to us. So we as a company needs to make sure that the content is it's time, it's time, it's in a timely manner that makes sense for our customers to watch it. I mean, you won't watch a, a piece of show, for example, for example, you won't watch The Boys after a year, years. So you want to have it in a, in, a, in a timely manner that it makes sense. So we are, we are working with them, we're helping them in, a, in putting together, you know, like a tools so they can have, a, they can give us in a fastest way the content that we want. That's primarily the only challenge. As far as that, which, and the other, the other, it's not the only challenge, but uh, the other fact that happens today is that we don't have that much of a Hispanic content when we compare the, uh, the general market content. You know, there are more networks in the U.S., more, more, there's more content being created in the U.S. than the ones that we get from the Hispanic content providers. Then that brings me to an interesting question because, of course, you're crossing over. Part of your audience mm-hmm. watches programming in English and in Spanish. When you look at DVRs, when you look at recorded programming, what percentage of your market would you say is watching programs? after they air and I realize that some of the programs say for example you were talking about the Grammys earlier is the kind of thing that people are going to watch the day of or very soon after but we know that a significant I think increasing part of the market is watching recorded programs would you tell us about that the main mainstream market and the Latino market what can you tell us about those two 
Well, unfortunately, we don't have information at the household level. You know, those are those are private private issues. That are not, is it not, is it, we have a private compliance that we need to follow. We don't. We are not allowed to see what every household records. We don't have their information either. And uh, what we know, it's uh, around 60% of our footprint orders DVR. So if you order DVR, you record a show, yes. What we've seen also increasing is the fact that Hispanics are increasing their views on not only Hispanic content, but, uh, uh, but also they are increasing the views. For example, what we determine uh, Hispanic household, we're seeing also them not only seeing what we call the in Espanol content, but also channel market content. That's basically what we see, we're seeing now. Do you have any idea as to whether the market segment that records has an interest in the Spanish language programming, for example? No, we don't, we don't have that level of information, unfortunately. What else can you tell us? You were talking about the Grammys and the music, the side of the uh, Hispanic market. You just said that was of great interest to the Hispanic market, music and programming like the Latin Grammys. What more can you yeah. tell us about that? Sure. Well, besides the music, we are looking also in partnering with uh, major uh, music events you know, that are highly rated in the Hispanic market, such as, for example, Premio Nuestro, the Latin Billboard, uh, even the Universal Music uh, Concerts. So uh, we're trying to engage uh, our customer base is, uh, is the fact that Comcast provides them access and exclusive content for music overall and provides them access online on demand. So which means that they will always see what they, you know, they will be up to date and, and engage in our service by watching always by having a first re- first row seating, especially in those in these events. So besides music, another genre that is uh, being uh, considered highly rated upon our Hispanic, um, let's say our Hispanic uh, uh, footprint, it's uh, what we call general entertainment. And this general general entertainment category is where the novelas and the shows such as Don Francisco, or, you know, they're geared more towards the family, and um, shows such as um, uh, you know, the com- comedy type of shows are more, uh, that provide more, let's say, more views and more value to our customer base. So that's the second genre that we are, we are tapping into. And third in category will be sports. So we're looking to asking our content providers to help us in better craft and better and better have access to soccer matches, for example. I'm not talking about the 45, the 90 minutes of a soccer match, but maybe recaps, 15 minutes recap. We we did a couple of tests with a couple uh, with two Hispanic uh, content providers, and we saw the take rate highly when you compare to the other genres about 15 to 25 percent higher as far as views is concerned so we're trying to engage with this uh, let's say uh, hispanic content providers that have access to the soccer leagues to provide us with recaps but as you know they have compliance as well that they need to overcome internally and rights and what's available on broadcast and online and, 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 and on demand as well. So we're looking into those three particular segments. And again, at the same time, we're looking to provide our customers the access on demand and the access online. Roberto, as you look at this 
changing demographic that we have in the country where, as you were saying earlier, there are more U.S.-born Hispanics and fewer immigrants. And as these become more and more English-dominant, in what ways are you catering to that market segment? Are you, for example, as you target the Hispanic market, making any effort to reach out to English-dominant or English-preferred Hispanics and or to enhance your programming as with things that you just described, the music, the entertainment, and the sports? What do you see moving forward for this market segment? Well, some of the some of the recent tactics that we don't we in order to help uh, raise awareness about our our services in this particular segment, we we have a time um, uh, Colombian more Emmy nominated actress Sofia Vergara as a Hispanic ambassador, and as you know, she's been um, she's been uh, in in the mother family, and uh, she portrays as Hispanic uh, herself, and she helps us in in taking that message across the, those particular segments. So as we engage with uh, with this particular audience, as we engage our content providers and tell and telling them, hey, this is the content that we're looking and uh, at the same time we're engaging with uh, Telemundo and Univision the two major broadcasters in how to better craft our messaging how to better how to better understand that particular segment now what, what we're doing as a company it's, again it's not only on the content side but also how do we as a business model internally look at this particular segment again it's our calling products at the level that makes sense for our customer base. Are the international calling plans that we provide competitive now that will engage our customers? Because you know, the English prefer, they still have their family overseas. They're still making calls. They still have family members that are no, that they don't live in the U.S., so they use an international calling plan. So we as a company, we try to engage and provide those learnings and that opportunity to every line of business and, and, and assess the value and provide and continue providing what's best in technology and access to our customer base. So as a company, we... Again, we look at, okay, who's the person that can help us in driving that message? Then, internally, how, how, how well is our product in targeting that particular market? How well is our programming? Is our programming in line? Is our, are our broadcaster partner engaged in targeting this target segment? And, and, and third, is our product developed in a way that provides value, especially to the different target segments? So we need to be sensitive for those three main things. What suggestions would you share with our listeners who face some of these challenges that you've shared with us of addressing a very large, very diverse market? What three things, say, would you share with them that might help them in their work, in their projects, to be more effective at understanding and effectively reaching their their customers, their consumers? Yeah. One of the key issues that I see, especially in a big, in big U.S. corporation, is the fair understanding of the opportunity, you know, especially at the, at the C-suite, at the executive level. Uh, in the past, there was a perception that 
in order to market your product in Spanish, you just need to translate, and that's it. You know, today they have to be more than that. It's not only translation what makes sense. It's not only translation what what runs the business. Today they have to be an understanding what's the opportunity are is today and where is the growth coming from. They have to be a level of understanding of the C-suite, especially in the financial side of the company, that they haven't been able to get an understanding about the demographic trends and the demographic updates. So we as marketers need, need to be uh, in an influence mode all the time. How do we influence our C-suite to, how do we provide the learning to the C-suite so they are they are a, they they have fully understanding what's going on in the market. That will be my first recommendation. The second recommendation or the second advice I will look at staff staffing. It's not only Roberto's doing the business. It has to be again. It has to be a Roberto for every side of the business. Again, Roberto cannot do translation of the bill. Is a customer is a product meeting our market demands. So we need to have qualify employees in each one of the line of business that are first understand the differences in the market. And secondly, understand the market needs and are able to again influence again the product development, the messaging, the credits and collection, the installation and the different line of businesses. And and the last thing is I will say, you know, how to make sure that our, the products that we are tar- that we are taking to the market level build loyalty and build pride, build pride. Uh, my advice is how do we, we need to continually research, do focus group and continue evaluating how is our product making sense for this particular segment. This is not uh, something that we create one day. No, this is something that we need to study first. We need to research, continually research. We need to do the highly Hispanic density areas. We need to go to different levels of the market. We need to sit down with these like, potential and current or even past customers and understand why they are our customers. What do they like from us? What are the things that we can do better? And so we can start building the reputation and building the loyalty and pride for our service. That will be my three point advice. To summarize, please uh, jump in if I get this summary wrong. Get buy-in from the corporate suite. Make sure that that you, you're being backed up at the corporate level, that they mm-hmm. believe in this market segment. Get the proper staffing so that it's not just one person leading the charge, but that you really have all the resources you need. And build a product that the customer is loyal and proud of, loyal to and proud of, that it, based on research and uh, proper market Correct. Uh, I will have to continually listen to the customer. You know, our success depends on our customer success. There's no way of that. So if we continually listen to our customers. We're going to be successful. Excellent. So listen to your customers. Uh, do your research. Do your homework, and make sure that you're paying exactly. attention to your customers. Yep. Thank you, Roberto, for joining us from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Lena. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Roberto Perez, who is Director of Hispanic Marketing from Comcast Cable, who discussed his company's Hispanic market strategies. 
Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicMPR.com. That's editor at HispanicMPR.com.